Well, the second video didn't work. Like I said, it wouldn't. <laughs> Anyways, you know, these things happen. Technical difficulties, but we'll get it fixed. Anyways, uh, welcome to Recover Out Loud, episode number 59. Today, I have a pretty awesome guest. I appeared on her show, and now she's coming on mine. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, my episode on hers might might have come out already. You guys might have heard it. But anyways, we got Luis Lim, uh, Liebenberg from South Africa. How are you doing, Luis? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. Our previous one was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, our previous one was pretty awesome. Uh, and and that one's about me. This one's not about me. It's This one's about Luis. So, Luis, would you like to give a formal introduction of yourself? Okay. So, I'm referred and I'm a counselor and I'm a coach. I specialize in self-esteem communication. I do a lot of counseling, but also really I am specializing in is, is child healing. And um, this is my cat Muffin. She always shows. So <laughs> I can call I can call any show Muffin and me. Um, yeah. So I I'm passionate. I'll do any kind of work where people can be uh, self-empowered and become free from a childhood traumas and childhood thing so that we can become aware and take control of our life. Absolutely. And I like the work that you're doing. You're doing some awesome work, Luis. Yeah. Any, anyways, so Luis, you're from South Africa. Uh, where about in South Africa are you from? KwaZulu-Natal, uh, um, near the mountains, a little village, tiny little village. And yeah, it's a beautiful place to live. And yeah, we, I hope you don't hear my generator. I've got electricity out quite dark in, in my studio. And I hope we're going to have good reception today. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can hope. We can hope. And, you know, uh, the, these things tend to happen sometimes. You know, we can't, we can't predict what electricity is going to do or what Mother Nature is going to do. So anyways, Luis, you're a counselor. What what got you into, into counseling? What got you motivated to want to be a counselor? It was the last thing in my life that I wanted to do. I was happy with my, what I thought was my, my life. Um, I, did, I, I, I did, I still do Stangas and Pottery. I ran a, a business, business. I had a restaurant before. So I was very happy creating love, loving it. But my personal life fell up completely. Um, independently married to the um, who has E, and also uh, an alcoholic in the recovering for 20 years, still lots of um, behavior, especially dry drunk syndrome, has been a huge part of it. Now, anybody knows about dry drunk syndrome, and it might be a conversation about another day for another day. No, it strikes fear in a lot of people who are recovering. So I had to figure out what was going on. And no, 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 we didn't know that it was dry drunk syndrome. Also, he was very late diagnosed with adult AD. So we had to start from scratch. But basically what happened is that while he was in dry drunk syndrome, he started blaming me for his entire life and really pushed me away. And I, being very codependent, uh, I've been married too young. My father was alcohol. My mother, nicest person, but she didn't match with me. So she basically abandoned me. And um, in a very civilized way, she sent me away to hostel. I was 12. And I just barely ever came home because she was scared I was going to kill my brother. But that whole other story, but I wasn't going to. Um, it was just that didn't like us fighting and she wanted to make sure Robert is fine. So I was in the house for my house. And she never did call with me. She called me um, a child of the devil. My father was no good in her eyes. And, and, and she said, you know, I would never have friends and um, I would never have anything. So at the age of 12, I decided to grow myself up. My father was a colleague, he wasn't there for us. And so, and that was part of me getting adult syndrome where you become a little adult way too young. 
And so I didn't know that because the step is that you become very codependent. So I married a teen, found somebody who loved me, accepted me wholeheartedly, and very, very happily codependent married with all this alcoholism going on, on and off and on and off. But still, I was so ready to forgive him for absolutely everything. Try harder. It was mine. I have to fix it. I have to try hard. I'm, I must find another way. And so it, it's been, it was very hard. But those first 15 years, there were so many great times that I just kept on forgiving him. And then he stopped drinking. Had, the dry drunk started to kick in. And just for people who don't know what it is, He's drinking for the other person, not for yourself. Um, you thought, you're going to lose me if you don't start drinking. I'll stop, don't stop drinking. And then still have all those behaviors, what they call the stinking thinking and AA, in place. And you, and so he started blaming me, pushing me away completely. That really closely loving relationship that we had before, where he was crazy about me, three disappeared. And I was bewildered, and I, I was alone, and I was lonely and sad and desperate. And I know how to fix this. There was nothing I didn't know. Five psychologists, um, the fifth one, we found the fifth one. Once I already started doing adult child in a group because it's, it's, a, it's a side program of AA. And um, with adult child work, I used to get myself to a place. I started taking care of myself, where I learned how to put myself in my own queue. And through group work, many do a whole lot of crying, healing, talking, um, finding bits. And so, let me just get rid of Muffin. <laughs> She doesn't want to say that. She'll be back in a minute. For anybody who's going, shame, poor muffin, she'll be back now. So, so when I found that help, and I used to suddenly start feeling better and not so dependent on, I will feel better once and loves me and, and, and like he used to. And I started being better care of myself and I started building a circle of friends. I um, got to the place where I you know what, let me just go volunteer at a psychiatric um, establishment, um, outpatient establishment, and let me just go in an adult child program for them. So I did that for seven years because my idea was if I been so desperate, I have been trying for close on 20 years to find a way, just a better way, something that will work. I just didn't get it. Such a frustration that you just can't get it. And suddenly this thing starts changing my life from day one. So I always wanted to help one other person. I just wanted to get one starfish and throw one starfish back in the sea. And so I went and I started helping people that. And for me, it was amazing because I thought everybody could do what I did. I thought everybody could put two and two together and, and and do this work and and start changing their lives. And then I found that people didn't know how to. So I started inside the support group, create programs for which all of us could get better. So I would create a system program. I would do all this, find all the research in the darkest, deepest places of the internet. The internet was still useless then. You really had to search, but there was less rubbish, so I could get to the to the research much better. There was less information and, and rubbish and all these engines competing. So I could get amazing research about a lot of trauma stuff, which wasn't being used widely at the time. Yeah. So I started using that research together with the child program. and. So I did a self-esteem program. I put myself through it. I started feeling really so much better about myself. I did programs uh, quite a few times for different groups and just kept on earning. So I learned so much from everybody in that 
um, it's called a Keso Psychiatric Hospital. Uh, I would ask people, come tell me about your bipolar. Come tell me how you really feel. Tell me, I want to know about the OCD. Tell me about the depression. Tell me about the suicide. Tell me. And they would tell me and they would teach me and they would bring me stuff to read. So I learned that way. I had no intention to do this for a living. I had no intention whatsoever to study to become a counselor, nothing. I just wanted to help one starfish. Yeah. And being in the process, the AA pro, um, the adult child program, uh, one person who went through uh, AA and Elanon who did a program with me and it's a good guide for me in, and also when doing it for these people. I started better and better and better because when you have other people, you've got to stay on point. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've been doing for about 14 years now doing group work. Halfway through uh, the person that I originally started doing this with, with um, said to me, she wants to do a counseling course and will I do it for her? So I said, okay, fine, it's for fun, just because it's not bad for me, let me do it with you. I did it, got a counseling diploma, and also then I did a launching uh, diploma because I wanted, I realized you can't just do counseling. I mean, I, I love, love doing counseling because I can use many, many different modalities, but also when you've got adult child syndrome, you need to coach because we just don't have the tools. Adult child syndrome means we grew, we grew up, whether a huge dysfunctional family or people, say a, a, a wife of a colleague like my mother was, so distracted by her own pain and her own despair and trying to keep life looking pretty everyone and getting the children out of the way, so don't aggravate the alcoholic. So the children always, all kinds of coping skills, way do you learn? Mommy is going to get stressed if I make this. Mommy is, doesn't have time for my wants and needs because she is so upset by this, all this fight. And so you learn to change life. But you normalize, you don't even notice it, and you go through life. And sometimes people have small traumas, but they just forget them. And sometimes people have really traumas, a parent died. Um, abuse, whatever, and and they remember it, but also a lot of us forget because our memories hide it from us. So we know very often our story. We just know we're in survival for the rest of our life. So and because those winning parents, because nobody has a family on them because they have generational trauma and they are in emerging mode, they cannot teach us the skills. They don't have, they don't know how to teach us about boundaries and self-love. They teach us the opposite. Yeah. Don't, don't be conceited. Don't be of yourself. Don't like yourself so much. So the opposite of what we need. So we actually need a coach. And that's why I wanted to be a coach. I want to be combine counseling with being directive. Here's what you are missing. Let me give you the tool. Start a planet. Let me help you change your communication. Note how you speak. Let you uh, neuro-linguistic neuro -linguistic programming to rewire your brain. So there's a lot of things you can do. But you've got to start first by creating a safe place for your client in order to so directly parent themselves. I've talked so much. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. I understand. Uh, yeah, that dry drunk syndrome is nasty. It's it's nasty. I've been through it myself, and I've witnessed it myself. Um, and, and it's it's a really nasty thing. What are some of the things like you had mentioned? Some, uh, you know, a few of the few of the instances. What what are some of the, like the side effects now being at, being a counselor that you're able to notice and pick out in uh, in people? Like, what are some more common ones? Um, are you talking about? Um Dry drunk or adult child? Dry drunk. So dry drunk is um, people become very grandiose. Um, lot of association, a lot. And then that stinking thinking is the blaming of other people, the victimhood, the um, feeling that you've been wronged. And then the 
inability for you to step into your own power. But that the thing I think that that gets most people is that it's such a a dissociative. Because previously the alcoholic used the whatever substance the alcoholic with whatever addiction use the addiction, the substance, zone out because the coping skills are not there. Because especially the younger are drinking, the more um, you lack coping skills, you lack these skills that's going to help you adult better. And so now, now you get sober, you don't have those skills because you're normal to go to your addiction and it feels very overwhelming. And also you will learn to self-regulate. Like I used to dislike the cigarette, but above regulated. And you're supposed to learn how to do that. You're not supposed to go hide in the bottle. You're not supposed to smoke something that's a cigarette or weed or whatever, because you need to bring yourself down and calm yourself down. You, you are supposed to, as an adult, learn how to regulate yourself. And so now the dissociation starts. It's so very overwhelming. So a maze was a nightmare because it's that with ADHD, ADD, I mean, and ADD itself has huge tendency to melt because the brain is to concentrate, concentrate, not to blab or do things and just be feeling normal with other people. And, and then it gets so exhausted. And when it's so exhausted and overwhelmed, it turns out. And so that was for somebody who's codependent. I mean, codependent, it's a, it's such a, it's wonderful works because we feel like this. We feel so closely connected to somebody else. Somebody else is our refuge. It's the person who makes life better. It's a place we feel safe. But if that, if you codependent and that gets taken away, you, there's nothing left, you know, you're bereft. You are, you, I'm, I was a roadkill. I was yeah. totally roadkill. Strong as woman. I can do a million things. I'm accomplished. I, I'm still. But this relationship with this man going into dry drunk, taking his, he's blaming me for everything. Mind the biggest thing for me, taking his attention from it, pulling right back. I had to beg for attention big and and then it would last for a year or two and then I had to start all over big and plead and fight and waking up and fight for long conversations and the right lead and go to psychologists and nothing helped. And for somebody who's codependent to have that person pull away you that's abandoned. It pushes every single abandonment button in us. Now we come from, from trauma. We have so many abandonment buttons. We are so hypersensitive. We scream. We're looking for some safety all the time. So that abandonment, like I say, I was a roadkill. I had post-traumatic stress disorder. I was in huge stress, a huge shock. And it took me, it took me about two years to recover, <clears throat> to start getting to feel like I was feeling more again. Um, and I did it through starting to do this group work and was just one other person who started doing it with me. And then we were, and then we were free and just talked and read information and talked and cried a lot <laughs> <laughs> and tried things differently and really, really changed outlooks, found new ways to talk and um, learned a lot of coping behavior that instead of just simple behaviors which you have to grow up in any kind of emotionally dangerous situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're, you know, we, you talked uh, quite a bit about um, adult child syndrome. You're, you're a published author, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, um, you covered you covered some books on on adult child syndrome. Yeah, yeah, I've got. Let me show you. My my camera is on blurred band, so you can't see my books. Okay. This book, um, hamster wheel related. So it it says hamster relationships. Oh, very big camera for women. 
but and I'm, I've been writing a book for which when I say writing it means chapter one yeah. uh, five years <laughs> and um, it's actually it's not relationships but when you read the relationships you think it is only intimate relationships and yes it's a big phone but whatever we do we put in our intimate relationships we've got patterns that we repeat all over we will repeat it at work we'll do it with our family we'll repeat it with our friends so if you're a people please one area of life you're a people please in areas of life and if you don't have good boundaries you don't know how to do it well it's always the same thing and if you if you are very easily triggered you're very easily everywhere and if you don't know how to self-regulate which is also related to easily triggered then you don't know how to self-regulate all you lose your shit all over the place all the time and quite easily and so before you heal lose a lot of people yeah. and you don't build your circle and you don't easily so it's all relationships a single part of our our lives improving so this particular book is a 70 page workbook with that but with questions 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 and it does work for me too. lots of couples working through it and, and so this um is one of the four books that i've got out but is my most important book so far and anybody who wants to start somewhere look i think you have to get counseling too but you get counseling with somebody who knows something a lot of people don't have true mind uh, practices but it's much more aware now than, than it than, than it's ever been um the nine in the last 40 years because the all trauma work taken from the syllabus 40 above american society for psychology so people are not trained in it and now there are people starting to do a lot of training and i know because when i started nobody was doing it. absolutely nobody was doing it and yeah i do have a certification for that which is coming live in a few but it is it, w the world is this of this knowledge because it affects all areas of our life and what we really do in the adult child work is we become aware of our conscious running the show we you know at least 80 percent of the time our subconscious it's in charge of us we just in patterns we repeat repeat behavior we're very mindless about this and so luckily we can scan it now we can set with with um neuroscientists can link up electrons to our head and they now so that's what we know 80 percent of the time until we see this kind of work auto auto mode and auto mode is seven years old or younger because every single thing that that we are most of our life have happened to us we have taken it with a perspective of of a young child who is not able to reason the way that we reason now and and things in the correct boxes so we get the wrong deductions because we're small learners. we have taken a lot of blame about ourselves and what is not good enough emic which the whole world has got not good enough and and then so 80 percent of it we are in that mode subconscious runners we're not challenging what we and we actually deeply that what we learned before seven is really how the world is you learn before seven that the world is a site and you can trust people and, you, and, and people are there for you and you're amazing and you're going to achieve a lot of stuff that's how you're going to go through life but if somebody's told you before or somebody wasn't there for you you were seven or even decided because they're not there for you you're not important and other people are important than you you will go for people please and if like my father was uh, the um, authentic person and whatever he said that was what what was going to happen nobody dared to have an opinion around him and so you grow up with some bad and you struggle to have a no because you couldn't have a no you were allowed to have a no this is what he wanted this is what he did you know no matter how unreasonable it was no matter no matter what 
And so we've got to start doing this work. And the way to do it is by starting to ask yourself a lot of questions. Yeah. How much, how much does childhood trauma play into, uh, into the side effects of adult child syndrome? Everything. Everything. Absolutely everything. And the problem is, again, we normalize our traumas. We rationalize it. I, I, well, I don't have a bad childhood. Look at the little, in, little children in, in the slums of Bangladesh. You know, I, my life is much better than that. I have no right to complain. And also, most people will say I've had a happy childhood because a child has to realize it. In order for you to get through your childhood, you, you try and fit everybody else and you just you find a way to yourself through it. And whatever it is that you find to get yourself through it, that is that becomes your escape. Like you know, I I read the entire library because that helped me escape. And everybody has things like this. Some people have got a lot of friends and they become joke. And some people be absolutely so focused on being first in the class and being the head girl and being the best on the, on the sport team. There's a dad who only likes me if they do really well. And, and and maybe sometimes they are harsh when you don't, when you're not first, when you sit and you only get noticed for that, not for who you are. So a, a lot of small traumas and even with parents who's trying their best, and, uh, and the, the big traumas are your obvious ones. But there are very, very few people who don't have trauma. I mean, I, I, everybody has got traumas. It's just that everybody have normalized it. And there's few people who don't have additional trauma to deal with. Yeah. Because if you can just think, how many of us are coming from parents or grandparents who's been in the war, um, that legacy, the uh, immigration, there's so many of these, all of them, displacement without your port system, not feeling part of the community. So those things, they have such a influence on what our parents and what we mean. So, they, so generally what's carried over is a survivalist attitude. And then if you religion into it, um, I mean, I think it's religion, but there's a lot of people who uh, will will take religion to the next step. Told you, Muffin will be back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take religion next step, and you get whacked with a ball. And and two, I mean, the you know thing of put yourself down instead of love yourself, yeah. love your neighbor like you love yourself. So. Any religion can be used as punishment, and and it does does get happen. It does happen too. We we deal with all of these things. Then we deal with addictions, and um, emotional availability, and sometimes a parent who has to work far away, and parents who have affairs. And I mean the list is endless. All of those traumas make us decide. I have to try hard, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not supposed to have needs, and we go into being a little adult when we're supposed to be a child. So we have the ability to be a careful child, and we start coping and surviving and being ourselves. Yeah. Um, what are so, what what are ways to to treat um, diagnosed adult syndrome, child adult syndrome? Sorry. Okay, so if you want to diagnose it, the question is really easy. Were you a little out way before you should have? And then the people that can write there say, yeah, it's me. That's big. But sometimes people come and they no, I had a happy time. And I'll give you one example of that. So one of the members in group arrived at group. No, I had a happy childhood. That one is in, that example is in my book because it's full of stories like this. And because sometimes people only recognize itself, recognize itself in, in other people's stories. 
So she said, no, I'm happy told her, I don't think I should be here. But she sat and she listened. And about 20 minutes in, she said, oh, there was this one time my father tried to kill all of us and my mother. Completely wow. normalized. Completely, completely normalized it. She had a happy childhood. So the one side we know, get to be little adults, the other side we normalized it. But now we normalized it, it's going to show in our patterns. And our patterns are only going to come out in relationships for some people. So, like, I'm an example of that. I, no matter how much I actually was, I didn't know it. I liked my opinions. And I was effective. I could study well, do a job, get promotions, run my house, do all these creative hobbies on the side. So I could do a lot of stuff and I learned stuff and I could get better at stuff. So I feel externally bad about that. But my relationships, I was so scared making friends. Social anxiety. Um, I had this one relationship with this man that I was mad, that was supposed, as long as that was working, I was happy. And this one friend, you only one friend. If you're an introvert, one friend. Only one person that you will carefully let into your life. You don't trust anybody with your stories. You'll be everything for them. You want them to be everything for you. And just one friend. And you can't have more than two friends together at any time. Um, and then the extroverts just... Life is easier for extroverts, for sure, when it comes to social anxiety, not everything, but social anxiety. And you will then um, behave in hold the other ways. You'll be the life instead of a party, but still think, you know, still worry that people don't love. Get even louder and even better because you're so scared people are going to like you. So there's many, many different depending on where you were born, family, what your particular story is, why you went into survival mode. But all of us mess up our relationships because we are so full of triggers. We, we have huge different fears. We don't want to communicate. And we don't know that we are supposed to put ourselves first and love ourselves because that's the golden thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's huge to love ourselves. That's one of the starting points to actually begin beginning to heal is, is loving yourself. Um, so what, how, how are, are, uh, people that are diagnosed with, uh, adult child syndrome, how are, how are, how's the treatment for them? What, uh, what, what are some of the forms of counseling that they can do? Okay. So first of all, adult child syndrome does not get diagnosed because all this trauma work taken out of the syllabus. So the most extreme of adult child syndrome, those people are the most reactive, the most up and down, very up and down, very regulated, the most unrelated, get typically misdiagnosed with um, borderline personality disorder with bipolar. And so a lot of people are not bipolar and are not borderline personality disorder. It really, especially with, with, and I'm not saying there isn't some fault border uh, bipolar. Bipolar is a very real thing, but it, it you know, it's not, it masks. A childhood trauma has got so many regulation that, and so many triggers that we very often diagnose, misdiagnose. But borderline personality, if you go and you go through the list, and you go through the list of adult child syndrome, exactly the same. But nobody is going to diagnose you as child syndrome unless might have worked in a, in a, in a syndrome. It's not part of a sex, not at all. Now, trauma work is being done. But all the work from 40 years ago, people like Dr. Lottie Weiss and Karen Casey, and people like that, all of that work has not allowed in the syllabus since 40 years because there was a, um, a indiscretion between two people. And so 
everything was taken out of the syllabus because the only way that you can help somebody with adult child syndrome, with childhood trauma, with childhood trauma patterns is by forming a real relationship where you have unconditional regard and you are willing to mirror for them. Have him a, give him a safe place. Uh, so it's, it's a, a relationship that you have to have him. And that whole relationship thing was taken in the syllabus. And so that's why I do a lot of group work, because in a group work, everybody in the group has learned how to normalize themselves and stabilize and learn from other people's um, uh, example if you've been a programmer while and you learn to self-regulate and become self-actualized in group work because at unconditional regard, you start having from a whole bunch of stress and so deeply healing. And it is a great um, place for anybody who's got adult child syndrome. And there are a lot of adult child groups. There are groups on Facebook, some good, some not. Um, some goes a little bit more uncurated. Um, we are definitely a lot of, I know in America, there are lots of uh, adult child group. And some of them on, online, Hazel Den has resources. Uh, South Africa, not a lot of resources. Uh, other countries, not a lot of resources, but America is better. Gotcha, gotcha. You, uh, one of the things that you said to me when I first met you, was uh, I I work in men's mental health and that kind of perked my ears and I was like whoa 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 because there's a massive movement right now for men's mental health. What got you into men's mental health? I knew a lot of male authors being in the author world with who, who had some different than the normal street, you know who. I think when it becomes an author, he become, it's because he becomes self-aware and he's done some work. And then I mean, we also get to that stage of awareness. I've walked into a wall and I had to start doing work on himself because they became so fed up with themselves. Or um, they did leadership work through their career and then they, they started learning skills. So I started talking. So I had a summit, a national summit uh, with men with uh, com um, conversations with men about the relationship, I I realized at the summit that this work so so not out there that, that men were given the opportunity to speak about things. And often women are editing it out of men because they, they want this man to independence is to be the strong person that picks them and they rock to lean on and they don't actually allow this man to have feelings. It throws them if you are not a prudent woman yourself, the man who has tears or has things I want to talk about. So a lot of women edit it, edit the feelings and the results out of their men by that reaction. And then society boys don't cry and man up and don't be a sissy and all that language that we use. And because of that, we've got all this generational, I mean, you guys are ready for war, you know, you, you're supposed to go not have feelings, so be cannon fodder. So you don't do this for a long time. Go make war, you know, be strong. Don't cry. We can't can't throw you into into a, a wall if you cry, baby. You know that. Get out of your system. And in this new society we have now, where women are working, women are self actualized, women are not going to just take it anymore that there's a beautiful man who doesn't give attention to her. She's going to bug, get her own job, get her own house, get her car, and move on if she's getting abused. You know. If she's one of the lucky ones, and so so we've got all these broken relationships, which causes more generational trauma, and the need is big for us to start resetting it. We cannot keep on thinking the way we used to think for years and years. The man is the head of a house. Women must shine and endure, and go bake something, go knit something, 
and talk to a friend and and she can't go out and be economically active and take care of herself. We part. So now we have to have a, a society that will let men have a soft side also because men now do have softer sides, they're brought up by single mothers and now we get to the next stage where men don't know how to say no. You know, women t turns on the teeth, there's a, you're not going to have tonight tough luck booty and, and the man learns he's going to get punched if he doesn't play the role. It's very, very, very confusing, I think, to be a man, right? On the one hand, you've got to be strong ass. On the other side, you've got to be sensitive. Society is still adjusting this. And we see that because so many relationships get messed up. Yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong. Uh, it is hard to be a man right now. <laughs> it's hard because, you know, uh, we're expected to be everything all at once, which I mean, you know, I can, I can say that, you know, women, single mothers, especially, they're expected to be, you know, everything all at once, but we're also expected not to talk about our feelings. And if we do, you know, in the wrong circles, you know, you get chastised and you get called names that are less than desirable and then you're dehumanized and it, it, it becomes really hard. You know, I've been dealing with some of that lately and it's, it's not easy to handle, right? It's, especially if it's if it's coming from your partner right that's that's even harder because you know you're supposed to be that's the person that you're supposed to be able to open up to freely and talk about f your feelings freely and and you really can so uh i can definitely i can relate to what you said it is it's difficult to be a man now um but it's stoned i also want to say i think really really difficult relationships lately now i do a lot of relationship counseling so in this man conversation we're having now, so let me tell you one example. So a man that is a single mother. And so this boy, age seven, nine, whatever, becomes the man of a house. And starts talking to him and that. You're my little boy. You must be mommy's big boy. Go do that for mommy. Or, you know, no, no, no. You're the man of a house. Don't I? Yeah, you're my big boy. So that is so typical. But mom upset. She's crying because her relationship is over. And she's doing it for him, but he's, you know, children know. You can see if your mom's sad. You can see if she's drying tears. You can see if she's into another relationship and he's a big bastard and she's very upset all over again. And so you're seven nine and you learn. I am the man of the house and I need to take care of my mother's um, feelings. I have to make sure that she, I'm the man of the house. My job, some people, some men get told, you're the man of the house, you must take care of all the females in this house. And so happens over and over. Now you grow up with this idea head. Your job is to take care of female. And then you must man up. So you must take care of females. You, you, you can't your own feelings because if you go to mommy it's already upset then you're gonna make her feel like a failure and i mean you see if you go when mommy is not gonna mommy's gonna be more upset nobody wants mommy to be more upset. everybody wants mommy to be fine it's more that gives you safety so now we sit in this one and you get women who has opinions and if you get it with me who has a survival opinions, then it is the right way to do things. I, mean, I did things like saying to them, you're going out with those clothes? Really? Let me go get you something that goes together. Like, like that's my business. Instead yeah. of letting him be an And that's, that's like me being a good wife. No, no, no. It was me interfering with another else. And a small example, because you way bigger ones where you believe you are right. And look, I believe it's right. When you wear clothes, they should color coordinate. Like extremely how important is that life? Yeah. But I would make a big about that. And that's a small thing. When you get children and you believe this thing, 
about education and self-belief and and pun no punishment or uh, incentive no incentive you know the the amount of things you can fight about well because i'm from one nest and you're coming from another nest and if i arrive thinking out and the other person's a peacekeeper and i would like a woman crying and really really just dislike it and she doesn't want to have sex which very normal right you're gonna go like my job make her happy it's not so important she can what to do i will go put on something else it will make her happy i can she can tell about the children it will make her happy so they say you amount of men who fall into bad bad and huge amount of men that will care for any unreasonableness when these tears and i'm not saying all tears are about reasonableness but i'm saying men that will cave for any tear and then it become a manipulation and so so many of these things and then you've got the autocratic man of that and that's a whole other story and i mean the autocratic man not the one who's going to show up and listen to us here that's not that person is just going to i'm right you're wrong i'm carrying my life like like i'm doing and, you know fall in with me that that guy the autocratic guy is going to set up his life so that there's a woman depending on him has to listen to him and no not listening to podcasts <laughs> until until person's life starts falling up and he starts losing a lot of things he walks into a wall so i don't even know what you asked me <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right on point you're right on point but uh anyways before we go what advice would you give to somebody that's that's suffering from uh, you know childhood trauma or or they feel like they're stuck in in that adult child syndrome uh what would you give to them the same i would say for anybody suffering from any kind of um, mental health, any kind of um, challenging situation. Get um, your attention or where you want to go, but looking for the solutions. And if you're teachable, you've got to become teachable. You've got to be willing to give up a whole of your preconceived ideas and, and uh, thought system you've been carrying for a long time and start over, start fresh. And then find groups near you, start those things that I said, you know, the, the Hazel Den, Lee Message, read the right books, um, Karen Casey, uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, read a lot of Melody Beat. So people like that, John Gong, that has been around a long time, that has amazing books out there, which is about adult child syndrome. If, anybody to be helped with adult child syndrome than any other way this is the book that i would recommend which is relationship hamster wheel relationships for men women hamster wheel relationships for women and so on amazon audit take two years and start paying attention to it you're not going to this overnight but if you start paying attention to this and you're really working for, for a workbook and the best is to find somebody else and say let's go through it together like a couple or friends a circle of friends look through it together if you start doing that and you start really discussing the chapter and you start working for questions you will start changing from chapter one you absolutely start becoming more you'll start questioning your thought pattern you'll start to get a lot of coping mechanisms and the whole last part of it is about the missing skills is the boundaries the self-esteem the deep conversations what makes relationships it's all skills that we are like that we are like so there's the understanding there's the questions about that that's where we're building and then there are the tools and start practicing and then find yourself find yourself sort of way to get into a group for me i call it my my, my group programs which are very accessible you know they're like 19 dollars or something like you know 27 dollars. you can 
join a group program and become part of a community. Very important. I also think one thing which is important is find somebody who's worked on, on themselves. When people have worked on themselves, they don't come with stuff that they've learned in their studies from a book. They come with stuff that they have applied, that they have seen other people apply, and there's no judgment. It is just, I understand, somebody's done this before you, hanging there, we're going to get this. So we are going to, we're going to absolutely this, I've got you. You want somebody done this work. You don't want somebody trying to find it in a book. Um, in absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Luis, I want to thank you for hanging out with me for, for this little bit and, and sharing your experience and sharing your story. I really appreciate that. Uh, where can we find you? Because my, um, my website is infinite potential. It's I dash and being very, um, uh, and com. And I'm on YouTube. You can search for Louis V in Liebenberg. And I think my name is, oh no, I don't see my name. And um, also Instagram, Louis and Liebenberg. Oh, it's a bit harder. On my website, there's links to everything. Lots of free content on Facebook also. So Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, and my website. Absolutely. And all her links oh, are and Amazon. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Amazon, yes. Sorry, Amazon. Yes. All her links are going to be in the description down below if you want to check out what she's doing and check out her, her books that she's that she's published. I know I'm going to. Uh, but like I said, I want to thank you, Luis, for being here and hanging out with me and, and sharing your story, sharing your experience as a counselor. And uh, I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody. Until next time, hope you guys have a good day and uh, be good. Bye.